I think that telling itself must be the inclusion of everyone. It isn't about technique, it's about inclusion. I don't want to be included, but I can't refrain from speaking. I know I sound plaintive, I sound desperate, I sound happy, even though the world is a frightful dream. I am standing somewhere underground in an underworld with all the others. I never wanted this. I am one of many, but I am unique. Saying one of many and saying unique hurts me. I am just a record player now. I am the dead, or I am a dead man. I have never been words, but words have never been words. In language, I combine my flesh with yours and you with mine. My flesh is tender, my skin aches from knowing you. My hand can't really touch you, but if you say I, I'll say I. I want to say we, but I can't. I can, but I think that I won't do that here. I take a word like morals and try to weigh it in my mind. It has no weight today. I think it has. I just accept it. I don't ever want to leave. Alice Notley from Certain Magical Acts Seth Godin's latest akimbo sermon has got me thinking about these three words, ship and creative and work, and also how this notion might pertain to those of us who have chosen to walk the path of the telling itself, which involves some creativity and a fair amount of work, but I find myself getting a little bit snagged on the ship front, especially in the uh, cultural landscape we now inhabit. Because, as I said, if it doesn't ship, it doesn't count. Ship, because ship gives us the chance to engage with the person we made it for. If it's not good enough for them, we're doing shoddy work. We need to make it better. Creative. Creative means you're doing something that might not work. You're doing something where perfect is unknown. You're doing something human, something generous, something that might make things better, something to make a change. And work, work because we do it even when we don't feel like it. Work because we do it before we're in the mood, that we get into flow because we're doing the work, not the other way around. According to Godin's equation, we are supposed to work out the smallest viable audience and then create work to satisfy them and find ways to get this work, to ship this work to them. And if it doesn't ship, it doesn't count. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is this podcast and others like this, let's say a podcast that is in some way um, created as much for an audience of one or two or three, a form of shipping. Is someone getting their poem published in an online journal that is possibly not even read by the other contributors to that journal, uh, which happens a lot, let alone anyone else on the internet? Is that considered shipping? Surely the poet with a poem in, say, I don't know, Waxwing or Adroit Journal, two of my favorite online publishers of contemporary poetry, 
surely that person is shipping at the very least, they would think, to the other people who read the journal or those with a hunger for something more than the limited publications we find in the poetry section of even the largest bookshops. But I don't think those are the people who read their work. In fact, I don't think hardly anybody reads their work. Because for the most part, these poems or short stories or whatever they are, if not published in the Paris Review or Grant or in the New Yorker or those adjacent to, are not, let's face it, being read by anyone. <laughs> or maybe just very occasionally by me. In which case, maybe I should just rest my point on that. But I'm not going to rest my point because we are now a culture that has dramatically changed in the last 30 years. We have become hypergraphic and graphomaniacal in the amount of writing pouring out of everyone these days, which is more than a hundred planets of lexically hungry uh, earthlings could ever find or read. So surely it's best that the shipping is done as a kind of illusion or delusion of sorts. The belief that the form of telling carried out in whatever way it's being carried out is actually uh, reaching um, uh, those we want to reach, even if we have a very definite idea in our minds, as I do, um, surely it's best done either with the illusion that this is happening or the recognition that it's not happening, which I think is where I stand, and then the question of, okay, well, who is one shipping for? And maybe one is shipping for the telling itself, just like a tree is shaking its booty for the booty shaking itself. It's not necessarily shaking its booty for the birds, or maybe it is. Who knows? If we now live in an age of content abundance, maybe even superabundance, where things that before were really, really valuable, partly because they were also somewhat in limited supply, but now are as available as the grains of sand on a beach, right? This is the age of content abundance, of superabundance, I would say that, you know, where each poem, story, article, and maybe, I mean, we're getting there with now Kindle publishing, even every, um, every book itself is just another grain of sand. And maybe it's always been that way, but now we can really, really see how how vast the the swathe of the beach is um, when we look on the internet. If we live in this age of content abundance, superabundance, where even the most specific marketing directed, as in the Seth Godin kind of, you know, find your market and, you know, speak to them approach, even if that even if those people are now being faced with dozens or maybe even hundreds or maybe even thousands of options, does the consumer of the content do what we are all mainly now doing, which is mainly skimming what we consider to be the cream of the top of the milky world wide web? 
And yes, we might make all the socially appropriate noises and the thumbs up and all the good stuff on Twitter and Facebook and the rah-rah and the applause, but those eyeballs don't necessarily reach the text in the link. And if they do, what attention do they give to it anyway? Our attention being a pretty sort of fractured and frittered away and uh, ragged commodity by now. At least mine is, quite often. I am currently subscribed to a hundred ongoing podcasts on my Downcast app, and my intention, certainly when I add a new podcast to it, is to listen to all of them. But when you look at my actual podcast listening behavior as opposed to my good intentions, and I think this is probably true for most people, not just in terms of podcasts, I mainly end up consuming the usual suspects and maybe one or two of the outliers, and maybe that's all that those people who are not the usual suspects can hope for, that they will be the one or the two of the outliers that people will consume. I like the fact that I have thousands of podcasts to choose from at any given moment, and zillions of articles, web pages, social media links, but apart from serendipitous Google Finds, I still choose to fill my limited time, and I think we all do, listening to reading, uh, listening to reading, um, engaging with what the culture considers to be the cream of the crop. And even the avant-garde that used to be the most minimally sampled work, even the avant-garde has its own cream of the crop. In fact, every group does because it's a, it's a social entity. And what that means is that everything and everyone else, including me, including you perhaps, we're all keeping that cream afloat. But the infinite depths in which we are to be found and on which that cream now sits will not be found and will not be consumed. And if this is the case, what does that mean for shipping? Unless we are genuinely shipping material for, as I think I am maybe doing, for a, a future self or, or maybe a past self or simply even more so as I, as I would like to believe as, as I guess is kind of my creed here for the moment, simply as a form of the telling itself. The telling that needs to be told but, is, but perhaps is, is, is not ever received by anyone other than us and, and perhaps it's not even received by us or rather it goes consciously in one ear and it does some other unconscious work before it exits through the other because I can't remember what I recorded yesterday either. The us that writes it, edits it, tells it, and then probably forgets it, as we do with everything else that comes out of our bodies, maybe that's also the part that receives it. Just as when we go for a walk, who are we walking for? Well, we're ultimately walking for ourselves, hopefully, or we're walking as I will be in five minutes' time when I take Mr. Max for a walk. I'll be walking for us.